1: Sorry, the number you have dialed
0: is not in service at this
1: time. Hello there, and welcome to the World Cricket Show, a show about cricket all over the world. My name is Adam Bayfield and the other person, what you're about to hear, his name is Tony Kerr.
0: Hi Adam. How's it going? It's going very well, yeah. I've had a bit of a nightmare today uh, in that I got distracted and was unable to make uh, any changes to my fantasy team in time. So I'm a bit depressed tonight (laughs) because I'm sliding down the table at a rate of knots. You sure are. It's been a bad couple of days as well because having made the changes yesterday, you know, the match was curtailed right as I was in, my players were in full swing
1: the West Indies-Ireland game was rained off, wasn't it? And then you're saying you didn't have a chance to make changes to your team ahead of this pakistan Bangladesh game.
0: Because I'm right in the
1: hunt, though, still. You had the best part of 24 hours to make those changes. Yeah,
0: but you don't want to make them too late, do you? you? want to know the, the, the make of the team. You want to know if there's rain around. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, left it too late, and in the end it cost me.
1: Yeah, it's that thing where you go, well, you don't want to do it too early. And then you leave it too late. <laughs> yeah.
0: but that is the story of my life. I was with a friend
1: of ours uh, recently. And uh, he said he had to go for a haircut at 2pm. And it was about two minutes to two and the hair place was a good 20 minute drive away and i was like shouldn't you probably go for that otherwise you're going to be too late and he goes i'm often late i've never been too late for anything (laughs) he drove off came back about half an hour later and went yeah i was too late (laughs) they wouldn't let me have my hair cut well yeah the group stage of the world 2020 is over Woo, flew by didn't it and we're going to be talking about that in great depth today uh but one thing it does mean is that the group stage of the fantasy league is over as we've just alluded to and if we take a little look at the table, Tone, slowly but surely, I'm beginning to reel you in. I'm well, still, still four places behind you in 18th. You're in 14th. But points-wise, I'm beginning to make up that difference. And you've just got to feel that this is where it's going to start to tell. Uh, just the extra experience that I bring, the extra knowledge, the extra talent. That's going to really begin to uh,
0: begin to be felt at this point. The extra day of transfers used. I mean... Yeah, I'm, I'm a good 600 points clear if you at this point. Well, I mean that's maths that doesn't add up <laughs> uh, because it's
1: not that many, it uh, is. and the gap is narrowing it all the time. Bloody and is. this has been my strategy from
0: the start. It you literally know? is like 580 points. <laughs> yeah, it's 580. <laughs> it's 580. So, so get it right. You know, I'm very confident at this point. And this is, you know, now we're entering the uh, the kind of the, the bit of the tournament where transfers are, are more constrained. You know, you've got to work more on yeah ability rather than just kind of weight of numbers. So that's where uh, that's where I'm going to come in.
1: Yeah, because you've got fewer transfers to play with now, haven't you? There's only something like one per game, rather than two or three per game.
0: Uh, so you've got to you've got to pick a shrewd eleven right from the start. Look, mate. I want, don't get me wrong. I want to beat you, but I'd like to see you up there too. You know, for your credibility. I don't want to see. You know, we can't have the host of the world cricket show languishing down in you know 18th. It's sad. This has been my
1: strategy from the start. Though I'm like Bradley Wiggins. I'm sitting back in the peloton at the moment but I'm poised to make my move. And you know it's coming, but is there anything you can do about it? Can you combat the power in these legs and sideburns?
0: <laughs> I mean, it has to be said that the two of us are quite a way off the lead at the moment.
1: <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Uh, what are we... I am the best part of 2,000 points behind number one. The confident noises that I was making at the start uh, of, of winning this thing. Uh, it's going to be difficult, at this stage but as I say I'm Bradley Wiggins going into the time trial I do feel I'm, I'm going to have something to say before the end
0: Yeah, I'm not, I don't want to make excuses already but just kind of getting under the hood of the fantasy game I do feel that the captain element of it uh, you know is a little bit of luck there you, I mean you pick players who are going to play uh, you know to begin with and then you choose a captain So, and your captain gives you what way, double points double points and in a way you know that is backing a player is essentially what you're going to have to do for the rest of the, the rest of the competition but you know, it's luck as to whether you know, If it's a strong team versus a weak team Who bats and bowls first It's all luck though do isn't pick- it well, Because well. you're just picking 11 players yeah, And you- they might do well or they might not This is true But uh, yeah, I feel like that's where I've really slipped behind it, For
1: example I picked Al Hassan For Bangladesh's first game And he got <laughs> smacked around the park with the ball And scored no runs didn't pick him for their second game. He scored 85 or something. Well, that's not luck. That's just stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, I also had a nightmare on Friday when New Zealand and England played. Uh, I was agonising for really quite a long time. Some might say too much time <laughs> over whether to pick Keysvetter or McCullum as my wicketkeeper. And in the end, I went for Keysvetter. McCullum smashed a century and Keysvetter got a sixth ball duck. So you could probably make quite a convincing case that I made the wrong choice there.
0: There's a lot of people in this league, Adam, so we can both be very proud of what we've achieved, I think, so far. Yeah,
1: we're top 20, which, you know, you've got to be proud of. I mean, maybe next week we'll be saying, yeah, we're top 30, (laughs) uh, which is good. But there's, what, 75 people in this league? So, you know, you can't be too disappointed with it. I'll just give you the top five, if you like. We've got Sujit Saini is number one. He's ahead of Gurpreet Singh. Then there's Matt Thornton in at three. In at four is Neil Doherty. And Irvish Patel is at number five. But yeah, don't forget, of course, that the winner will receive a World Cricket Show mug
0: and some sort of cricket related book. So that's very exciting. Brew a tea, sit down with the book. It's like the, the yeah, the dovetail, don't they? The two the two gifts. On a rainy Sunday afternoon. Oh, a lot of those coming up. Is there anything you'd rather? <laughs> Well, if
1: you'd still like to get involved in the Fantasy League, it's it's not too late. I mean, you're probably not going to win that mug at this point. But there are tables specifically for the Super 8s and for the knockout stages as well. So if you don't win the overall thing, you could still come top of the of the later rounds. Uh, and, you know, that would be something to be proud of. Um, that's possibly where I might be devoting my attention now. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to get involved, sign up on the Crick Info Fantasy game uh, and then submit to join... Our league, it's called World Cricket Show, and the pin is 1390. I'm sure everyone that's listening to this is really hoping that we'll just talk about the Fantasy League today, but I'm sorry to say that we will be discussing one or two other things as well. Mainly cricket we will be, of course, reflecting on everything that's happened in the world 2020 this week. As we say, the group stage has come to an end, uh, so there's an awful lot to talk about there. Uh, And there'll be a couple of side notes too. It's, It's been a few weeks since we... Lasted the side notes and, and they're beginning to pile up in my intro, uh so we'll definitely do that tonight that's a promise a pledge if you will wow well, hang everything on that talking about uh rainy sunday afternoons with a, a book and a, a mug of tea how about that weather on
0: sunday well i was aware i didn't see it. i saw pictures
1: here in genza we had a uh, the tail end of a tropical storm it was like the end of the world the amount that it rained i mean i woke up at 9 a.m and it was pitch black. outside. I mean, I, I thought it was the middle of the night. So I did just spend most of the day inside on the sofa with a mug of tea, reading a book. And it was great. I'm, I mean, de- the- I'm definitely getting old, Tone. I'm definitely getting old. <laughs> on, uh, on Saturday, I was talking to a friend of mine and said, uh, I said, what did you get up to last night? And she said, oh, not much really. I was in bed by nine o'clock. And I was like, oh, I was so jealous. Like genuinely, that sounds amazing. Definitely getting old, Tone. God. Not like you, eh? <laughs> no, I'm getting younger, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> not by the looks of you. World Twenty Twenty—that's the name of the item where we talk about the World Twenty Twenty. Now we are marching unstoppably into the business end of the World Twenty Twenty. Time—the group stage has come to an end. Uh, we've just witnessed Pakistan demolish Bangladesh. It was actually looking like it might be quite a close encounter when Bangladesh posted a, a good total of one seven five, uh, but Pakistan knocked it off very comfortably—a blistering half century from Imran Nazir uh, got them to the target and took them through into the Super 8s, which means that the eight teams in the Super 8s are the big eight teams, the eight teams that were expected to be there. Now, I think a lot of people have found this tournament quite underwhelming so far. And I think even the two of us would probably have to describe ourselves as no more than whelmed by what we've seen. I mean, we haven't really had what you could call a close match as yet. And I think that that is, you know at least partly a, a problem that is inherent to 2020. It does produce some extremely exciting matches, this format, but it does also produce um, some extremely lopsided matches. You know, I think it's harder than any other format of the game to, to recover after a poor start. You know, if you're 10 for 3 chasing 180, it's just over. Uh, and that seems to have happened quite a lot. And it's certainly happened to the Minnows. Um, and yeah, we've really not seen a close match. Uh, The one game that was heading that way was Australia West Indies and and the rain came down there. So it's not been all that thrilling so far, but we are now getting into the real business of the tournament. Everything up until now has has just been an appetizer, like a cheese and onion tartlet or something, you know, that leaves a slightly unpleasant taste in your mouth. Makes you forget why you were looking forward to the main course. You're full. You don't want any more. But then they bring the rack of, of baby back ribs. And you remember why you ordered it and you're excited about it and you're going to
0: and you're going to gorge yourself. Essentially, what we've had so far is just kind of a glorified pre-qualifying tournament, isn't it? Just that's tacked onto the the front Uh, because, I mean, the ICC could could well, you know, when they hatched the idea, oh the the geniuses down there at ICC lab lab, uh, they could have just could have just gone with a uh, with the top eight and that's it and just kept it. Concise, but you know, they've they've offered offered some of the other teams a chance to, to have a go with the big boys.
1: Well I think the ICC Buffins uh they probably would like that to be the case. I mean we've seen this with the World Cup that they you know, the 50 over World Cup that they they want to just have the big teams, no qualifying process. But I think there has to be, doesn't there I mean, we all want to see the associates um and the smaller teams at these events. There's no way they're gonna get better otherwise. It would be great if in 10-15 years zimbabwe bangladesh ireland afghanistan are as likely as any of the other teams to progress and you think the only way they're going to do that is by continuing to compete at this level but they also have to compete in between global events against the big teams as well which is what's not happening at the moment
0: yeah you bet it's been it's been enjoyed i've enjoyed in parts uh certainly some of some of what uh, afghanistan did that was very entertaining Bangladesh today for for a little while looked like they might uh, they might be onto something. Ireland again quite unlucky with the weather, so you know maybe maybe we didn't see the best of them. Uh, yeah,
1: you never know what might have happened with that West Indies game. They could have pushed West Indies, and that's just been a somewhat unique problem in this tournament. That for whatever reason it just hasn't thrown up an upset or anything approaching an upset. We saw quite a few in the 50 over World Cup. We've seen it in World 2020s before with Zimbabwe beating Australia holland beating england and then everyone goes oh that was brilliant that the associates were there i think part of the reason for that is down to the fact that it happens that the eight big teams are all really quite good at the moment they're all about as good as each other and there's no really outstandingly weak team there that you'd think ireland or any of the other associates have a a a really good chance of beating and in future tournaments that won't always be the case but yeah it just it just hasn't happened that we've had an upset which is a shame but on the other hand it's good news, really, because we all wanted the Super 8s to be the big teams. And that's what we've got. And if you look down the fixture list now, there are some mouth-watering games coming up in the next week or so. Well, every
0: game is... There isn't a game that isn't exciting. No, there's not a game there that
1: you think, I don't want to watch that. But there's some some really outstanding ones. Pakistan, South Africa, um, Sri Lanka, West Indies, Australia, India, and India-Pakistan as well. It's going to be quite some clash. That is on Sunday in Colombo. So, yeah, that's all very exciting. Having seen everybody play now, Zane, which teams have impressed you most, and which
0: teams have impressed you least? Uh, well, that's changed a bit, you know. Obviously, every team has had two games. Uh, you know, not all of them have have looked good in both. England, you know, is probably the obvious example. They're the only team, maybe, that had an absolute shocker, yeah, a very good win, but also an absolute shocker uh, in their second uh, second match. So you'd probably argue that England. Off the back of that India result, maybe maybe have edged slightly out of it, drifted a bit in terms of uh, in terms of the teams that anybody's going to fancy to win the thing. But then again, maybe you know they've got their they've got their shocker out the way. England probably least impressed with at the moment, but I'd say it's still wide open. You know, I put I've put some money pre-tournament on New Zealand and Pakistan, and at the moment I'm as, as happy as I was at the start with that.
1: We well, yeah, I think you're right that England are the only team that you'd say have not shown enough to suggest that they can win this tournament. Um, and although they were very good against Afghanistan, they were obliterated by India to such a degree that you have to have concerns if you're an England supporter. I mean, India made 170 for four. Rohit Sharma, 55 not out from 33 balls. Jade Dernbach, very expensive. Four overs, one for 45. Virtually all the bowlers expensive apart from Graham Swan. Uh, and then England were... All out for 80, uh, with only two batsmen making double figures. The spinners, Harbhajan Singh and Piers Chula, taking six wickets between them in eight overs for 25
0: runs. I mean, Harbizhan, wicket maiden, two wicket maidens, uh, one double wicket maiden. I mean,
1: that's just unacceptable, <laughs> really, isn't it, from an English point of view? And it was one of the worst batting displays I've ever seen against spin. And I'm speaking as someone who's been watching the England cricket team for the best part of two decades. And it wasn't even turning very much that pitch. And also, Harbhajan and Chahal aren't even that good. I mean, they're good spin bowlers, but they're not... You know, it wasn't Ajmal and Afridi or something that they were facing. harbhajan has been out of the team for a few years because he hasn't been good enough. Piers Chahal hasn't played for um, getting on for two years because he hasn't been good enough. Uh, they sort of came in as the reserve spinners. Ashwin wasn't playing. And England played them as though they were worn and it was It was pretty dire... I mean, Stuart Broad has been keen to brush it aside as just an aberration, as, as one bad game. What do you think about that? Do you buy that, or is it was this performance so bad that it kind of shone a light
0: on some glaring frailties in this team that shouldn't be ignored? It's possible. I think, looking at the England team, you'd have said that, uh, you know, without Peterson, you know, maybe they're lacking some, like, extraordinary quality that, uh, that certainly he would have brought. But they've got a good enough team, and I think... I think there is. I think there is a case. You know, we don't want to judge it too soon. Uh, they were very poor. They can't. They won't be that bad again, surely. You'd imagine. Uh, and they've got. Uh, they're in the nicer half, aren't they, of this Super Eight phase? So yeah, I'm not ruling them out.
1: Now, that's actually a really big thing. They they have got quite a kind draw going into the Super Eights. They're gonna have concerns. They have to have concerns over the batting. Every other team in this tournament is going to be thinking, pack our side with spinners when we play England. It's going to be more trial by spin and they're going to have to play it much much better than they did in that match the bowling wasn't fantastic either i mean graham swan as i say was superb but the seamers were very expensive Dernback was struggling in a big way and that's quite alarming because i thought he was going to be a big weapon for england in this tournament but india's batsmen were were pretty dismissive of him uh, i think he went for more than 11 and over having more problems I've got a topical joke for you here there we go he's having more problems with his economy than greece or, um, you know, Spain. <laughs>
0: Topical, great. I mean, Greece <laughs> dropped out. Those are <laughs> off the headlines. Recently. Or Portugal, eh? Or any,
1: Eurozone, eh? the yeah, Eurozone yeah. crisis. Hashtag Eurozone. Um, there are definitely problems that need to be thought about. But that said, I wouldn't be in a hurry to discount England from this tournament. It was a desperately poor performance, but that does occasionally happen in 2020. It's the kind of format where, you know, once a game starts to slip away from you, collapses like that can happen because it does become do or die. It reached a point where England were, you know, whatever they were, 40 for four. The batsmen coming in had to keep playing their shots because they were going to lose the game if they didn't. Um, And they still lost the game and they lost it in an embarrassing fashion.
0: But they didn't really have a choice but to do that. Yeah, and they go into this the, the super 8 phase. You know, they play West Indies uh, up first, and then New Zealand. So you have said two two teams there, which are two of the weaker teams. You know, <laughs> the, <laughs> we, but,
1: well, you predicted New
0: Zealand to get the, to the final,
1: but, you know, and West Indies are one of the tournament favourites. But yeah,
0: they- I mean, when I say two of the weaker teams, I mean you know probably South Africa, Sri Lanka, India more heavily fancied. There's, there's the fear element that maybe a, a Pakistan or in India would have isn't there with those two sides. Yeah,
1: they're two sides that England will feel they are capable of beating. And most importantly, they've not got spinners that England are going to be afraid of. Sanil Narayan, maybe, but England played him really quite well earlier in the summer.
0: I mean, yeah, having said this, though, England could easily lose all three matches.
1: No, absolutely they could, but they could win all three. It is that kind of um, competition, <laughs> as we've been saying all yeah. along, that that does happen. And, what would be much more worrying to me would be if you looked to that England side and you thought they don't look capable of beating one of the big sides they haven't got the personnel to do it they haven't got the match winners if that was the case then you'd worry but I don't think it is the case I think they have got match winners I think they are capable of beating anyone they proved that in the warm-up matches by defeating Australia and Pakistan
0: and they've got Luke Wright so you know, anything's possible with fantastic him in the team fantastic
1: knock against Afghanistan 99 not out I think what they really need is for Owen Morgan to have a good couple of games if he plays a couple of big innings then that makes things a lot easier you only then need one of the top three to bat with him and they're going to be posting big scores what about a prediction then Tane if I I ask you for that how do you see things going for England in the remainder of the tournament do you expect them to bounce back or will their confidence have taken such a battering from this game that they will now just sort of drift out of the reckoning I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you for a prediction
0: (laughs) it's possible I think that's my catchphrase for tonight it's possible Uh, it's better than wallop <laughs> yeah, I think England may win one match in this super the super eight phase. Won't be good enough. I think I'm gonna have to stick with my prediction and say you know, they'll fall to New Zealand uh in a close match and then maybe they're not going to beat Sri Lanka so uh so yeah I'll, I'll say this is this is as far as they go but
1: then their first game is against West Indies and if you're predicting them
0: to win that one if they do win that
1: yeah they're going to have quite a bit of
0: momentum. <laughs> they're going to have loads of
1: it uh and that that might change things God is so,
0: exciting is that when you look down at this fixture list that's
1: a really big game Thursday at Pala Kelly England v West Indies you'd probably feel that whoever loses that might be out I mean not literally but it's, a, it's an uphill battle from there on. The other team for me that have, that have failed to impress so far as compared to their pre-tournament billing is Sri Lanka. I mean, I tipped them to make the final, and I think you did as well, or certainly yeah. semi-final. Semi-final, Semi-final, yeah. but certainly my final tip isn't looking like the smartest tip at the moment because they were utterly outclassed by South Africa in their group game. It was a dead rubber, and it was also only an S7 game, but that said, they were really woeful South Africa blasted their way to 78 for four in seven overs, and Sri Lanka could only muster 46 for five in response. I mean, obviously you can read a huge amount. Yeah, it's so difficult to read anything into it. But they lost the game by 32 runs, which in a seven-over match is appalling. It's an appalling defeat. More importantly, it just raised a few concerns about some of their players, particularly Lasith Malinga. I mean. I would be quite worried about him if I were a Sri Lankan supporter because in both games in the group stages, he went around the park and didn't really take wickets. Even the Zimbabwean batsmen were getting after him. And they do need Malinga to fire if they're going to win this tournament. And the batting also looks a bit frail. You've got Jaya Wardner, who appears to be a little bit out of Nick. And Munawira has not lived up to his reputation so far at all. He batted through the innings against South Africa and did it at a run a ball, which just isn't good enough.
0: Um, no, he, 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 I mean, I said it, I think, on the last the last show. he, he batted, He's battered like me, just trying to hit it hard, but basically can't get it off the square. One so. ball at his legs, clean, bowled. Yeah,
1: just oh. bowl it straight at him and you'll get him out. Well, that's you. I don't know about Menorah so much. Well, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, but South Africa... By contrast, have been extremely impressive. Would you agree that maybe at this point the strongest-looking side in the competition? Certainly up there. <laughs> Don't say it's possible. It is possible. Yeah, I mean, there's definite argument for that. I mean, they beat Zimbabwe by ten wickets, and as we just said, they thrashed Sri Lanka in a seven overs a side game.
0: They've looked very comfortable. You know, it's again. They, they now go into the tougher tougher half. Uh, obviously, uh, if you know, if we're saying that they're the the strongest looking team then that won't be a problem for them but you know they've got some they've got some big games to play now india
1: pakistan and australia but looking at them i mean they, they could
0: easily lose to pakistan you know in their first super eight game so straight onto the back foot for them no momentum whatsoever but you'd be a brave man
1: to bet against them i think because they do have arguably the two best pace bowlers around in dale stain and mornay morkel and they've both been sensational so far uh, and the rest of their bowling attack is pretty decent as well because they've got some some middle-over stranglers in in Callis and Bota. I mean, Jack Callis took, what was it, four against Zimbabwe. Then Hashim Mamler at the top as well, who continues his serene form. Um, but having said all that, I'd still hesitate before I predicted them to to go all the way. Because, well, if you remember last year's 50-over World Cup, they looked very much the strongest side all throughout that. And then they got beaten in the quarterfinals. And if you think about that tournament, I mean, India were by no means the strongest looking team in that tournament. And then they won it. You can't say because South Africa have looked the best so far or looked the best on paper that they're going to do it. But you probably wouldn't bet against them either. We've not been able to have much of a look at West Indies. They lost to Australia on the Duckworth Lewis uh, and then their match against Ireland was rained off. Um, So they're actually the only team still in the competition yet to have won. Um, but I think the rain did um, scupper their chances a bit against Australia because although um, the Aussies were chasing down a stiff target quite comfortably, you felt that if West Indies had got one or two wickets quickly, that with the uh, the brittle nature of Australia's middle and lower order meant that they were still...
0: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: With a chance. And the West Indian batting was superb in that game. I mean, Gale was phenomenal. Samuels was phenomenal. Pollard came in and hit some sixes. Bravo as well. they got Darren Sammy, Dwayne Smith. There's a lot of power in that team. It's quite frightening.
0: Even though we are 12 matches deep in the tournament and you know a fair amount of time, I can't want to count the days. Uh, a week, a week. I, you know, we you can't say I don't think that we've learnt a huge amount. Uh, like, like you say, I, I, that's fine. You know, now we've got twelve more matches to really get stuck into. So, <laughs> come back next, like this time next week, uh, and you'll get some better stuff. Skip through this one, skip to the
1: outro, <laughs> Uh and yeah, we'll have some proper punditry for you next week. But
0: I mean, like, yeah, just l- looking at the uh, looking at the betting on Betfair. You know, South Africa have uh, South Africa have come in uh, 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 no favourites. I can't remember if they were at the start, but. <laughs> They weren't so, India with were the pre-tournament favourites. Yeah, yeah, Pakistan have come in slightly. New Zealand have come in slightly. I backed New Zealand at twenty fours, and whilst uh, McCullum was in the you know in full swing on Friday morning, uh, they came into 12s. So I could have you know I could have traded out then, but I didn't. I Hurt my nerve, and it would probably cost me in the long run. But uh, they're back out to seventeen and a half. So you know, Rookies are such panickers, aren't they? That would have been a good time to cash out. Certainly, if I'd have had a bigger stake on it.
1: But yeah, anyway, I mean, New Zealand have been okay so far, haven't they? They were impressive against Bangladesh and reasonably impressive in defeat against Pakistan. Um, So your prediction that they'll get to the final um, is by no means as foolish as some of your other past predictions. What have you made of the pitches um, in this tournament so far, Tone? Highly un-Sri Lankan. They've had pace, they've had bounce, they've had carry. I mean, they turned as well a little bit. And certainly they're not impossible to score runs on. Um, But good pace bowlers are very difficult to cope with, unusually difficult to cope with for pictures anywhere in the world, let alone Sri Lanka.
0: A surprise to you to see these sorts of pictures? Well, I mean, there was was talk of it... Yeah, pre-tournament, yeah, it was it was known about, so not a huge surprise. We didn't mention it on the preview show, did I you? I mentioned it, did you? Yeah, I probably edited it out because I was like, "What's he talking about?" <laughs> I mean, bounce in Sri like, Lanka. Like, I mentioned it, I mean, I did mention it, and there were you know there were there were articles written at them from people out there. You look at you look at the, the wicket takers though; it's uh, it's been fairly balanced, you'd say. Uh, Mendes, you know, took six in one uh, one innings. Yeah, Callis is up there; he's taken five uh Salvi has taken a few Watson Ashmal Stain, so it really you know every kind of bowler is catered for there so yeah you know, it's a it's a brilliant cricket wicket yeah you can't really argue with it and the, you know the, the the highest total uh England's 196 right down to you know in the 80s and 90s so it's pretty good wickets you'd have to say
1: but we would have been expecting them to be you know slow turners well you would have been yeah <laughs> <laughs> <Oof>. Um <laughs> I would have been expecting them to be slow turners. And the fact they're not, I think, is, is quite an exciting thing for the competition. And it, it does bring into contention a number of sides who, under normal circumstances, perhaps might have felt that they were slightly behind the subcontinent nations in the running. I'm thinking predominantly of South Africa, but also Australia and England as well. You know, if they can put this India debacle, um, which is a word you only hear in sporting and military context, if they can put that behind them, They do have good pace bowlers. They've got the bowlers to do the damage. If you just look at the two Super 8 groups then, uh, as we say, it's Sri Lanka, West Indies, England and New Zealand uh, in Group 1 and Group 2 is Australia, India, Pakistan and South Africa. Now, on our preview show, you predicted a semi-final lineup of Sri Lanka, New Zealand, India and Pakistan. I predicted Sri Lanka, West Indies, India and Pakistan. Do you want to take this opportunity to revise your predictions? I mean, obviously, at the end of it all, I'll still hold you to that original prediction. Or I'll hold you to whichever one is wrong. But yeah, what's your action? Best opportunity
0: to uh, to get out and claw back some... Well, actually, no, that's not the kind of guy I am, Adam. Uh, Yeah, I'll stick with it. I'll stick with it. You're sticking with yours. I'm going to make a change. I mean, I'm... (laughs) spineless.
1: I'm not afraid to make a change. I'm not afraid to do a U-turn. I'm going to go for South Africa rather than India to escape Group 2. And New Zealand rather than Sri Lanka. To escape group 1. I think you can't be afraid to change your views on the basis of evidence, time.
0: No, that's true. I mean, the worst-case scenario at this point is that, you know, obviously we've predicted obviously four teams of the eight can get there. If the other four get to the <laughs> semi-finals, I'll be quite disappointed. But hopefully, you know, hopefully I might get two right or maybe three. <laughs> three would be a good good number. Well,
1: I feel I've covered my back a little bit here because,
0: <laughs> now six. because I've now
1: predicted six out of the <laughs> it. It's only England and Australia that I've not predicted at some point.
0: Almost certainly we'll then, to the then will be the finalists. <laughs> <laughs> It's all
1: predictions all the time here on the World Cup. That's
0: all people want to hear, though. That's all people want to hear.
1: Do you want to talk about the commentators for a minute? Yeah, let's. I think we'd better talk about Wallop, don't you? Where did Wallop come from? Oh, mate, I'm so annoyed with Wallop. It is quite literally driving me mad (laughs) for people that haven't seen it on the World 2020 coverage. Whenever Bumble is on commentary, literally every time that a six is hit, he goes, Wallop! Wallop! wallop every single time it is quite extraordinary how annoying it is are people loving it is that why he's continuing to do it are people loving it
0: do you reckon he's getting emails and tweets but i don't know the only thing i can i mean he he hasn't done it before has he no it's this time did did you not
1: not see where he the first game where he explained why he was doing it i didn't hear that he was going wallop wallop and harsha bogley was going why are you saying that he's like well I, i saw it on uh on on a billboard on the way into the ground i saw it said crash bang wallop and i thought that's the word that's the word what do you mean that's the word it's like that's the word i'm going to mindlessly word, regurgitate I mean... in lieu of providing actual commentary wallop this is the problem with bumble though isn't it he's a good commentator but then you put him in you know in front of a global audience At a tournament like this, and he gets far too excited. I mean, tries way too hard to impress people.
0: I mentioned something mentioned last week that the commentators are hot seating it to a ridiculous level. I wish they could just have two for the entire match. Yeah, it's every five overs, isn't it? They change. I I mean, how many have they got in total? They've got bloody loads. Yeah, well, I mean, at each game it must be
1: six or seven, but I think each commentator gets two to three stints. Yeah. So Bumble was on for the West Indies Australia game, and he seemed to be. Commentating when Gale was hitting sixes, and then when Samuels was hitting sixes, and it was ridiculous how many times he said "wallop." And he he doesn't actually commentate; he just goes. I mean, he he has that. He has got loads of other catchphrases as well so it's just a six gets it and he's like wallop full pint
0: start the car <laughs> well it's the thing i think though that because of the you know the time uh the time Ooh, where's your money where's your money because <laughs> of the because of the time they've got i think what bumbles just I almost called him wallop then i think i'm just gonna call him that for now i think wallop just feels that you know he's gotta make his mark he's got not a lot of time it's just, it's a shame no
1: that's the thing he, he is trying to make his mark he's trying to be the joker in the pack and it just really annoys me it's like it's like a, you know, like a 13 or 14 year old who cracks a joke, a couple of grown ups laugh, and then he just keeps repeating it until you just want to <laughs> punch yourself in the face. I appreciate that you could argue that neither of us are really in a position to have a go at someone for trying to be funny during sort of cricket analysis, but
0: you know, yeah, it's pro- probably not going to stop me. Doing right. it. The, we, yeah, we, we've got a different role, there, haven't we, here, <laughs> yeah. here at the World Creek Show? That's true. You know, I'm... Ours I'm is li- more political satire. <laughs> exactly. But I'm looking to the, the commentators to, you know, even if it is the dullest match and there's no significance, is to kind of impart a sense of, of kind of mind-blowing world-altering action that's going on. <laughs> and, that you know, it's crucially important, which Bumble doesn't necessarily it's do.
1: wall up. <laughs> oh, God. The sad thing is I actually like Bumble most of the time, mean compared to the vast majority of the commentators at this event. He's brilliant, or he would be brilliant if he wasn't just saying wallop when he actually talks about the cricket. You know, he is far more insightful than most, I think. There are good commentators at this tournament. You've got Russell Arnold, you've got Ramiz Raja, you've got Nasser Hussain, but there's quite a lot of
0: not so great commentators there as well, isn't there? Pommy. (laughs) I wasn't Uh, going to mention him by name, but yeah. uh, Sorry, Pommy. Yeah, one thing that is bringing me down, Adam, is the, you know, uh, the sky coverage using as the backdrop for their scorecards and things. And, you know, just a, a beautiful seascape from Sri Lanka. Sri Lankan yeah. beach, isn't it? We could have been there. We some been there. waves swirling white on the beach. <laughs> Whilst I'm just sitting there in the kind of miseryville. Yeah. We could have been there. Wet and windy. I had a good setup up on uh, Saturday or well, the weekend. Though The hotel I was in had a TV in the mirror in the bathroom. So I could uh, I could keep up with the cricket whilst <laughs> well, while you're in the bath. Well, no, I wasn't in the bath, but while I was doing other bath, you know, bathroom-related activities. <laughs> so that uh, yeah, was great. Oh, brilliant! That's a, I actually uh, tried to send you a photo of it.
1: That's but well, don't ever send me a photo of that.
0: <laughs> it's
1: an image that will stick
0: with me. So yeah, I've tried to keep up to date. Just ruined my data bill. You know, <laughs> at the weekend. We, annoying that. You know, I should spend a few days away, never miss a beat in terms of transfers and changing my captain stuff, probably use way too much data for uh, my own good. And then I get back and forget to change my team. (laughs)
1: You're not going to be able to sell that World Cricket Show mug for enough money to pay for your data bill, really, are you? That's the gag. Uh, Uh, One other thing about the commentary. (laughs) I don't know if you've noticed this. All of the commentators keep talking about how big and good the bats are uh, like every time someone hits a six they're like look at that bat it's massive <laughs> compared to the bats we had in my day these bats are huge they're just like this is why i wasn't hitting sixes because these yeah. lads have got big bats hussein says it all the time a big he's a big lad with a big bat <laughs> <laughs> constantly as if to say i could have hit sixes if i'd had that bat
0: who's been the best hitter for you so for Gail McCullum, well
1: McCullum's innings was pretty breathtaking, but you can't take your eyes off Gail, can you? Actually, Imran Nazir today was was pretty special. Marlon Samuels,
0: Watto again,
1: good Watto, yeah. David Warner, only thirty, but it was blistering. I mean, you can't really look beyond Luke Wright, though, can you? as An England fan,
0: <laughs> just six after six after six. I've always backed Luke Wright
1: to uh, to make big scores like that. Every six that he hit was another. Arrow in Ravi Bapara's heart.
0: Saddest, saddest moment for me, probably uh, the ball that Porterfield got oh, against West yeah. Indies. Tragic.
1: <laughs> so he got a first ball duck against Australia, and then a first ball duck against West Indies. Clean bowled by Fidel. Evans. I mean, it
0: came out of his hand, and you just thought that's just that's just going <laughs> to clean him up. It was a brilliant delivery. Yeah. But William Porterfield I, it so I mean real.
1: Ireland qualified for this tournament in what, February, March, April? So he's been looking forward to this tournament for months and months. <laughs> he lasted two deliveries.
0: I mean that is tragic isn't it yeah traditionally when I've, when I've failed with the bat I've not taken it too much to heart I've, <laughs> I've treated it with you know, i t- tried to see the, the funny side in it yeah but, it got you know... into
1: trouble with a number of occasions <laughs> at school it? You got the whole team into trouble once when you, you raised your bat after scoring one run and the, the rest of the team was on their feet cheering and we got such a rollicking after that <laughs> I yeah,
0: will you know. not sit there <laughs> While you cheer so and applaud, some idiot scoring one run—that was very awkward. But uh, you know, I've been around players. You know, obviously, not a particularly high level. Uh, but yeah, you know, you've been around players in the dressing room, and when they when they don't get runs, they are furious. Yeah, you know, throwing absolutely bats, fuming. Yeah, uh, and you know that's like even in League Division Four. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know what Porterfield's reaction must have been when he when he came you off. Can't imagine for he wasn't pissed. <laughs> <or least. laughs> i mean we just got on the first plane home i
1: remember on one tour of the isle of Wight when we were about what 13 14 i played three innings runs naught, average naught, high score naught not out <laughs> uh and yeah i wasn't that pleased <laughs> and that wasn't a and i was a number 11 batsman at that point and it wasn't an international event so yeah you've got to feel
0: that porterfield wouldn't have been that happy just look at the teams that are going home afghanistan i thought i was you know really enjoyed watching them play they've got very cool kits but like, if they just caught some more balls, you yeah, know, yeah. they could still be here.
1: Some of the fielding in this tournament hasn't been great. Afghanistan in both matches were poor. Pakistan today against Bangladesh was shocking. Sahil Tanvir dropped possibly <laughs> the easiest chance I've ever seen. I mean, I can't think of one simpler. Graham Swan dropped one against Holland at the last World Cup that I thought at the time was the worst drop I'd ever seen. But this is worse. I think if you were if you watched it an, an under nines game you'd look away kind of embarrassed it was awful uh, and then bangladesh were just as bad in the field as well hopefully fielding standards will be raised in the remainder of the tournament i mean there's been some great fielding south africa new zealand england, england. for the most
0: part yeah particularly against uh, particularly against afghanistan one other thing that i was
1: going to point out in this tournament have you noticed how many of the sides have brothers in
0: their team? I think it's. I, can't I, well, t- I noticed it when you tweeted it. Well, yeah. you
1: noticed it when I tweeted it. I think I tweeted, have you noticed that there are four teams in this tournament that have brothers? And then I realised that it's actually more than that. It's six. West Indies have the brothers Bravo. Pakistan have the brothers Akmal. Ireland have the brothers O'Brien. Australia have the brothers Hussey. South Africa have the brothers Morkel. Uh, and New Zealand have the brothers McCullum. Uh, I can't think that there are any more, but there might well be. That is quite unbelievable. Sri Lanka have the brothers Mendes, although they're not actually brothers. <laughs> But that is unbelievable, isn't it? That's half of the teams in this tournament had brothers in their team. We've got the brothers Bayfield in the fancy league, of course.
0: Of course, <laughs> yeah. It's not like there are endless numbers of team sports in the world that I could reference, but you know, certainly in rugby and football, I can't think of. I can't think that there would be that many brothers here. I mean, there are a few rugby brothers. The
1: brothers Ferdinand in football, but they wouldn't the both be Neville. in the England team, would they? The brothers Neville were, um, but yeah, it seems to be uh, an increasingly common phenomenon in international cricket yes i mean I, i've got no real analysis of it but it's just <laughs> yeah. it's something worth why remarking upon i think
0: well, i suppose you know cricket is, you know i don't know but this is pie in the sky stuff but maybe uh you know cricket isn't a sport that you can really practice on your own so if you're into cricket and so is your brother then boom perfect whereas you can to a certain extent, play football on your own can't you so Could there you, you go some... that's uh, there's you know the analysis behind the truth that's why you're here that's why i'm paid all this money to sit here.
1: That brings us to the end of this week's World Cricket Show. We've not done the side notes. I know at the top of the show we promised that we would do the side notes, but uh, we've kind of run out of time. What have you got to say? Well, if you'll permit me the opportunity to put a few things straight here. Um, I know many people will be disappointed and angry that we couldn't keep that promise. And to those people I say this. We promised to do the side notes tonight, but that was a mistake. It was a pledge made with the best of intentions but we shouldn't have made a promise we weren't absolutely sure we could deliver. There's no easy way to say this. We made a pledge. We didn't stick to it. And for that, I am sorry. Bang, satire. Boom,
0: boom there you go. Politics. Take that,
1: Nick Clegg.
0: Yeah. You you know, on the basis of that speech that you've just made there, you know, I don't know maybe, you know, maybe you've got a future in politics. <laughs> maybe you don't, though. I certainly wouldn't trust you. But then I know you.
1: Eat that, Clegg.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i thought if he's listening it's, it's, <laughs> just just like, in, in tears yeah
1: <laughs> well yeah i mean was it thepoke.com did a uh, auto-tune uh, remix of the apology speech they got a million and a half views on youtube i've just repeated the speech <laughs> on the world cricket show subbing in a few words replaced the words tuition fees with side notes there you go original comedy We've had a double dose of satire tonight after my Eurozone gag earlier on.
0: (laughs) The Eurozone saga, if you like, if you you can call it that, is the gift that keeps on giving in terms of comedy, isn't it? It it really is the gift that keeps on giving, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You can drop (laughs) it into so many things. It's great. (laughs) It is starting to bore me, though. The
1: Eurozone crisis, it's great, (laughs) Tony Kerr. That's the quote of the week, I think. How was your weekend, Tony? How was the wedding? You were at a wedding (laughs) in the UK, weren't you? Yeah,
0: very, very good. The like, money, the details, I'm not, I don't, wouldn't like to go into. No? But let's just say, I think I may have peaked. How did your speech go down? <laughs> yeah, not too well. Bombed. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You should have done those satirical sort of jokes. Should have done that, that gag, are, yeah. You should have referenced the Eurozone, that's what I suggested. But Next time. Just ask me to write it next time. Yeah,
0: so. that would be easier, actually. That would be good. I may well do that. The chap was marrying a Russian girl, so some nice, very nice, Ru- you know, nice bridesmaids there.
1: You didn't try it on with uh, lots the bride. Of vodka did you?
0: Consumed. Nah, no, no, nah. no. Left that one alone. <laughs> at uh, least not after the house. <laughs> yeah. Gave it one shot before. You ran into the church and said, <laughs> Wait. No, That is very good. So, yeah, left. Yeah, anyone knows of any lawful
1: impediment? You're up there banging on the glass. No? Am I thinking of Wayne's World too? I don't know what you're thinking of
0: really half the time.
1: But you did make it back to didn't you? Through the storm. Yeah,
0: battled it. We had
1: apocalyptic weather at the weekend, but you got in. So, everyone was happy about that. Oh, it was a good day for a, a cup of tea and a nice book, wasn't it? A nice book. Uh, well, yeah, that's about it for this week. We will be back after the Super 8s are finished, before the semi finals, to talk about all of that. Uh, but between now and then, there are various things that you can do to get yourself more involved in the World Cricket Show. There is, of course, the Fantasy League. If you want to join up to that, set up your team on the Cricket Info game and then ask to join. The League World Cricket Show with the pin one three nine zero, and then I have to approve you, but I probably will. Um, <laughs> have
0: you rejected anyone, and on what grounds? <laughs>
1: if they had too many points already. <laughs> well, that's clearly not. If they the had truth. more points than me. It's good to see Gordon McRae still languishing uh, down at the bottom. What is he now? 69th out of seventy five. Yeah, he's not setting the world away. His team is called Devil's Number, and as a result, I've had the Beck song "Devil's
0: Haircut" on my team <laughs> all week. When I spoke to Gordon pre tournament and said, mate, you should do a, uh, you've got to do your fancy team for, for this, he said, and I quote, I don't know much about contemporary 2020. <laughs> what does that mean? It's only been around for a few years. Anyway, well, look-
1: looking at his team now, <laughs> his current lineup, bearing in mind we've just had Pakistan v Bangladesh, is Mike Hussey, A.B. de Villiers, Owen Morgan, Ed Joyce, Hashim Amla, Hamilton Masakadza, Luke Wright, Darren Sammy, Steve Finn. Umar Gul and Zahir Khan. Did you reckon he subbed in Masakadza after Zimbabwe had already (laughs) boarded the plane? So yeah, he's struggling. But by the time we next speak, I fully expect that I'll be right up there in the upper reaches of the league. Tony will probably be back down in the middle.
0: You've got a long way to go to catch me, Adam.
1: Other things what you can do, you can leave us a review on iTunes. We do really appreciate all of those. Uh, Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cricket show. Join the debate. That's what they say, isn't it? Join the debate on facebook facebook.com slash cricket show follow us on twitter as well twitter.com slash cricket show i will be tweeting throughout the tournament you can follow tony as well he'll be tweeting occasionally throughout the tournament and that's at tony cover tonycv
0: yeah i've tried to tweet as regular as i can i can kind of handle
1: have you tweeted anything lately i haven't checked your i haven't twitter
0: tweeted before. much for a couple of days i didn't really get a chance What do you mean you didn't get a chance? It takes about (laughs) seven seconds
1: to write a tweet. Your last tweet was on 20th of September. Five days ago. Come on, Tone. People are paying all this money to follow you on Twitter. You've got to start delivering some content. (laughs) Send us an email as well. worldcricketshow at gmail.com. We might even send you a reply if you're very lucky. Uh, You can ask us for some free World Cricket Show stickers as well if you want. And Tone, you know sometimes when you love something so much that the only way you know how to express it is by buying a t-shirt if people feel like that about the world cricket show they can go to cricketshow.net and order their t-shirt today for just 15 pounds uh which is i don't know how many dollars off the top of my head but
0: that includes shipping
1: anywhere indeed just 15 pounds which is 24 us dollars and 23 australian dollars by today's conversion rate that's not that much is it no, no, nowhere near too nowhere near no, much.
0: You know, some people suggested $50 as a, an appropriate price point to come in at. But, you know, we want to offer value.
1: Well, that's why our, our campaign was going to be, would you pay $50 for this T-shirt? You <laughs> would? Well, you don't have to. It's 24 <laughs> by today's conversion rate. Um, but then people said that was a bit wordy for the radio yeah. ad. Anyway, yes, that's all for this week. Stay in school, everyone. Uh, we'll see you next time for more exciting world 2020 related conversation
0: next time we speak uh, we will know a lot more we'll
1: know who the forces finalists general. are if England and Australia are in there uh, we're gonna have some red faces
0: in the studio uh, yeah let's do it let's come back let's do another one okay, do one more? okay yeah. yeah yeah let's do it <laughs> cool see you next time guys bye bye to us to us I can smell your fear ba-da-da-ba-ba, ba-da-da-ba-ba.